0: Well, hello. (laughs) Uh, Time just sneaks up on you sometimes when you're um, working and moving along here. Uh, Good morning, Akron Alliance, and thanks for joining us for another edition of Livestream Sunday School. We appreciate your being here today. We are now getting started with uh, today's lesson, and we're going to, first of all, play some music for you as to allow you to get on with us. It is T.D. Jakes and the Potter's House Mass Choir. And the song is called Majesty. Thanks again, Arlen, for the selection. And thanks for being here today. <clears throat> Good morning, Clarinda. Good morning, Arlen. Good morning, Ronnie. How are you? Welcome back to Sunday School. I don't know if you drink coffee, but it's a coffee morning for me. Amen. Thanks for being here today, everybody. Good morning, Laura. Thanks for joining us. Ann and Larry, good morning. Lisa, good morning. Good morning, Akron Alliance. Cindy, good morning. Thanks for joining us for Sunday School. D.D. Jakes in the Potter's House Mass Choir. I was going to say orchestra, too. Jackie, good morning. Thanks for being here. Joanna Starks, Charles and Joanna. Good morning. small reprieve in the weather here in Akron for a little bit. Very small. Thank you for being here today. Hey, got to go to work, got to do what you got to do. It's all right. Have a great day there, okay? Of course, you know to jump back on later if you want to catch us. Roscoe and Arella, good morning. Amen. Thanks for saying good morning, too, by the way. Yes. If you could, you'd have two coffee mugs and two fists, wouldn't you? (laughs) Double-fisted. Christy, Christy is watching. Are you kidding? Fantastic. Good morning. I know you're hovering out there online. It's good to see you this morning. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Glad to see you, seriously. Thanks for being here. Just getting warmed up. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. It's been crazy. Only calming down a little bit. T.D. Jakes and the, and the Potter's House Mass Choir. Amen. 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 All right. In the interest of time, we're going to keep moving. But, uh, <laughs> well, that was the end anyway. That's okay. T.D. Jakes and the Potter's House Mass Choir, and it was called Majesty. Liz and Vic, good morning. Um, I have a couple of announcements to make before we get into the lesson because we have a time consideration considering that I have to be down in Akron to uh, bring today's message. So uh, first of all, thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all for being here. I hope everyone is uh, healthy and staying safe. We do need to keep praying for members of our church uh, who have been battling uh, in their families, anyway, with COVID, and we want to just keep those people in prayer, uh, and and I just thank you. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for being here this morning. Um, but um, no uh, major issues that I know of be um, um, surrounding that. Um, I'm just going to say, just stay prayerful. Thank you thank for being you. here. Yeah, Marnell just jumped on. Good morning. Hi. Good morning there. We do want to uh, pray um, for. Um, like I said, some of our church members, Um, I'm just as far as COVID issues and things like that. um, Just keep them in prayer. Uh, Be thankful that um, we have what we have and that uh, the Lord's going to bring those individuals through um, to uh, the next day and the day after that and the day after that. And so we're going to keep praying for those individuals as well. For those of you who are not aware, we are live at church today. We are going to be back in the building for the first time in three weeks. Uh, It'll be, um, Uh, Sunday service uh, at church. We have a new floor down that is ready uh, to uh, be used now, and we don't have to worry about any other issues with that. If you are coming to church today, just be aware of the uh, guidelines that we have right now for COVID. We are doing temperature checks, and we do ask that, and we recommend that you wear a mask, and we do ask that you practice social distancing as well too uh, in your seating and in your fellowship time with others. Be respectful of others. Uh, in that sense because we are talking about um, uh, a variant that's out there that is uh, very contagious. So just be aware. Um, Thelma, good morning. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us. We um, wanted to let you know that after Sunday School, after we're done with our Sunday School broadcast here, we, are, uh, we will have a message online for Sunday. The Sunday message will be online here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page timeline a new beginning after change. We're going to be continuing in the discussion of new beginnings, and it will be another message about change in particular and what to expect and how you should handle it and what the Lord, uh, the Lord's participation in this area will mean for you. So I, I pray that you'll be able to hang out for that. If you're not coming to church, we will have it available for you immediately following Sunday School here on the timeline. Um, and that's for those of us, those of you who are not members of our church, who do not go to our church, but the nice thing about what we do here is that once we record these and once these are online, they're always available for replay. That's the great thing about it. Please remember your tithes and offerings. I haven't gotten any information about the cost of the floor. I'm going to assume that we're getting close to getting it taken care of. If you still feel convicted to give to that, you're welcome to do so. But we, the church has additional needs as well, too, besides the floor. Other, other areas need to be taken care of. So your tithes and offerings are really important, and we appreciate your participation in that. If you are mailing them, please mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. For those coming to church today, there will be a, a, a drop box in the lobby area as you go into church, so please keep that in mind as you come in and participate in that area. We're going to go ahead and get started because we have a few verses to cover for today's lesson in Hebrews. We are continuing in Hebrews, kind of on the home stretch in Hebrews. We're in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 29. Let's um just take the time now to just quiet ourselves and slow ourselves down because I've been I feel like I've been rushing <laughs> a little bit, but uh, that's okay. We're going to get now into the mindset where we want to hear the Spirit speak to each one of us as we go forward. So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you have set aside for us to listen to you speak to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to be able to hear you speak right now. We want to be able to hear you speak in relation to the lesson as to where the application needs to take place in our lives, what, what hot buttons need to be pushed to help us to be motivated to continue to seek after you in all things. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. And we thank you for how you continue to teach us. And you teach us because you love us. You love us as your very own children. We want to be in fellowship with you. Help us to be uh, better children when it comes to coming to you for what we really need. And we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 14 through 29. Uh, That may sound like a lot of verses, but actually some of the verses are very short, so it it, it actually is not as uh, daunting as it seems. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 29. And this is continuing in the study of the superiority of faith, because we've been talking about faith for... Quite some time now in the book of Hebrews, and the importance of faith and making sure that all of us remain faithful and true to the Lord Jesus Christ because He is true and faithful to us. We have to work very hard sometimes at that. But faith is indeed superior, it is indeed the most important thing that we can do right now, especially when there's uncertainty out there, especially with the the world that we're living in. Without faith, where would you go and what would you do? I mean, there's just really no other answers. To uh, this particular situation of this life that we live, without faith, uh, every day is a day of faith. It should be a day of faith. Every every place that you go, everywhere that you uh, where you go to stores, when you when you're taking part in uh, dealings with others, then you don't know where they've been, but yet you have to have faith that God is going to take care of you. Amen. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Now, this particular passage, though, however, in Hebrews 12 verses 14 through 29 talks about a warning about against refusing God. And it, it is an appropriate warning because God is the one who's reaching out to you and you can just say, no, I really don't need you. And But there is a warning behind that. There is a consequence that comes with that type of response. So we'll look at that. And I'm not saying that this is something that we necessarily need uh, to do because we're, we're messing up and we're not doing anything. But I, I'll just share with you that It's important for us to make sure that we're doing everything we can to live in a Christ-like manner. Amen? That's what it comes down to. Let's start reading Hebrews 12, starting at verse 14. This is the New Living Translation. It'll take you all the way to 29, so uh, please follow along with your Bibles. Starting at verse 14, Hebrews chapter 12. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Verse 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the first-born son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Verse 18, you have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. Verse 20, they staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at this sight that he said, "'I am terrified and trembling.'" Verse 22, "'No, you have come to Mount Zion, "'to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, "'and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. "'You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, "'whose names are written in heaven. "'You have come to God himself, "'who is the judge over all things.'" You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. Verse 24, You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness, instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, Let us be thankful and please God, by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Verse 29, for our God is a devouring fire. Okay, that's a pretty intense passage, isn't it? Hebrews 12, verses 14 through 29. Now, we're going to go through this, and I'm just going to ask your indulgence here as we go through it because we want to make sure that we highlight some certain points here. First of all, we recognize that this is written to the hebrew christians and as evidence has been presented chapter after chapter as we read hebrews about the importance of following jesus christ and not going back to the old mosaic law but going back to the going up to the new covenant the new covenant of jesus christ and evidence has been provided almost like in a court case where you just keep providing evidence that jesus is who we should be paying attention to here Jesus is who we should be following we shouldn't be going backwards, we should be going forwards there was a dramatic change that had to take place uh, and it took place in, with the Jewish people uh, when they discovered that Jesus Christ was indeed Lord over everything and including the Sabbath and all that as revealed in the uh, New Testament but, even, but having said all of that, now we're in the stage where we're talking about you know what the truth is you know what you should be doing And now you need to follow through with that and stay with it, even if you have uncertainty about it or doubts about it. Notice how a lot of what I'm saying, frankly, mirrors how we are responding sometimes when it comes to faith. Sometimes we have doubts, don't we? But God challenges us to say, uh, to just have that mustard seed of faith and trust in him and follow him in all these things. And that's what these Hebrew Christians were learning here too. They need to learn these very things. Let's go back to the top of the passage. Hebrews twelve fourteen. work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Now, that's a, that's a very clear statement, isn't it? And the Hebrew Christians, of course, are very much familiar with the uh, ritual, the ceremony that takes place once a year when the priest goes into the, the temple and asks for forgiveness for the nation and does sacrifices on behalf of the people. They were quite prepared. They were quite aware of that, and they were and they were aware of that situation. But now we need to understand that living a holy life requires what? Being clean before the Lord. And once you receive this repentance from the Lord, you maintain a holy life by staying in fellowship with Him, which means living in such a manner where you honor God. Um, and the thing that blocks our vision of God is sin. Amen. Sin keeps us from fulfilling that very purpose. If we want to see God, we have to renounce sin and we have to obey him. We have to stay in obedience to him. We have to say we don't want to sin anymore. We want to hide the word in our heart that we don't sin against him. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices real quick to Psalm 24. Psalm 24, and we're going to look at verses 3 and 4. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. We want to live in such a manner where we're honoring God and that's that's exactly what we need to do here and here's the thing how do you approach God if you're not living in such a manner where you're uh, living where you're trying to not sin if you're if you're sinning can you really approach him you can approach him if he asks for forgiveness absolutely and he will forgive you immediately but if you're living in a manner that's not honoring him that's got to be a tough thing to do does isn't it if you're if you' <laughs> it's not a It's not a very pleasant situation. No. So let's look at Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Now, this is the English Standard Version. I'm going to give you this version here because I want you to hear the emphasis here. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. You see that? be, you know, you're going to be true to who you are before the Lord and make sure that you are focused on fellowship with him. You're not going to approach the Lord if you're living a life of lies and deceit, if you're deceiving others. That's not a good thing to do at all. We need to take this thing about our faith very seriously. We can't play church on Sunday in church and then act like we don't have any sense when we leave church Monday through Saturday or even later that day, Sunday. We have to live in such a manner where we're honoring the Lord. <laughs> well, that's true. I'm I'm being honest about this. Yeah, let's get out the door of the church, right? If you've got to honor. If you're going to honor the Lord, you're going to do so seven days a week, and it has nothing to do with making appearances before other people. You have to go before the Lord about the life that you're living. And holiness, this holy life we're talking about, is coupled with living in peace. Uh, a right relationship with God leads to right relationships with other peoples. Uh, other fellow believers as well, too. The Hebrew Christians were being told this for the purposes of making sure that they're fellowshipping with others and honoring the Lord as they go about their business, and this applies to us as well, too. We have to keep pursuing peace, right? Go back to Hebrews 12:15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And so we have to understand that this poisonous root, this, this thing, it has to do with a bad attitude, honestly, um, within uh, the realm of focusing on. You're not focusing on Jesus Christ. You're focusing on your own selfish desires, your own needs, the things that you're doing. We need want to make sure that we are not poisoning others with our uh, discussion, gossip, jealousy, dissension, living immoral. Immoral lives, these are all bitter roots that corrupt. They don't do anything for you. They corrupt within our families. They corrupt the family within the church, the body of Christ. If you're living in such a man that is open and it shows others that you really don't care about the Lord, that only hurts people. It doesn't help. It, doesn't hurt. it hurts others when you live that in that manner. It's little wonder that you know when a church leader or a pastor has had to make public confessions about their behavior, uh, of living in such a, a manner that is not honoring God, it hurts the parishioners. It hurts the people who are there. It hurts those in the church. It's it's very damaging. We want to make sure that we are not going to cause anyone to stumble because of any issues in our own lives. We need to take our sin to the Lord and take it to him quickly, ask for forgiveness, and ask him to help you live in such a manner where you're honoring him from here on out. The Holy Spirit Gives us what we need as we mature in faith to help us to sin less and honor God more. You must take that into account and keep that in mind. And that's what the writer of Hebrews was saying here. Let's flip down to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. I've never really understood Esau other than the fact that he just was really selfish. I think that's the only way to look at his behavior uh, when we look at his mannerisms and and the whole idea of selling your birthright for a bowl of soup, um, uh, which is just unbelievable to me, but yet that's what he did. And the thing to take away from this here is that you may think it's a small thing. It's not a small thing. It, it has lasting consequences when we sometimes do make a mistake and sin, and that's the that's the thing we have to remember. Here, the thing that comes to mind right away um, is when you get if you drink, and you get in a car, and you go driving somewhere, and I can't tell you, you know, before, we, before I was a believer, I'm jumping in the car and, and doing stuff, and I know I shouldn't have been doing it. And the Lord was gracious enough to get me from point A to point B without any incident. about Well, there are others who have not been nearly as fortunate as me. And unfortunately, when there's an accident, when there's something that happens, uh, there's a lasting consequence that can result from that, that you can't erase it. You can't go back and fix it again. Even repentance and forgiveness do not always eliminate sin's consequences. And that's what we have to keep in mind here. Oh, I can get away with this. No, Well, you're not getting away with anything, first of all. Amen? Now you, we need to understand what sin is and what it does. When we talk about the wages of sin being death, we are not kidding around with this. It is indeed uh, death can result and will result for those who are unrepentant. So we need to understand that we make decisions... We want to make sure that we're taking into account the long-range effects. We want to take into account, is this something I really want to do? Is this something I want to continue to do? And it's no, you shouldn't be. And so we have to keep that in mind. Um, So that I think is, it says what I wanted to, I, I said what I wanted to say about this, but you just need to consider, what's the consequence of what you're doing? What can be the consequence? Can there be lasting consequences? can it be something where it's a damaging testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ this is something we have to take very seriously and this is part of the warning against refusing God if he's telling you something he's telling you something for your own good he's not telling you something just to make to hear his head roar or anybody else's head roar he's saying it to make sure that you understand that there is something you have to pay attention to let's go back to verse 18 in Hebrews 12 moving right along you have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. Now listen to this very carefully, because we're looking at a comparison here about what we as people experience and what they experienced, and yet we're not really going through any kind of hardship right now compared to them. Let me read verse 18 again. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, Darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. Now, you think about that. Verse 20, they staggered back under God's command if even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. God was setting standards at that time for the people, and they needed to hear these standards. Verse 21, Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. Now this is around the time when God was uh, presenting the commandments to the people. And there was so much sin that was taking place, though, within the uh, the, the group of people that Moses was reacting to that uh, I think God was just trying to show them, I'm no one to mess around with. And when if God's voice is so terrible... They were begging him to stop speaking. Now, let's consider that for just a moment. It was terrible to them probably because of what? They were probably in sin. <laughs> because God's voice is not going to be terrible if you truly are obedient to him and following him. And it's all in what the person hears, right? It's all in their perspective. Uh, God's voice is indeed uh, a, a very welcome thing to have, but the voice may be terrible if you're not acting right, if you're not living in such a manner where you're honoring God. Um and even Moses did say he was frightened at the sight. I am terrified and trembling. The thing that comes to mind when we look at this is that um, there's a contrast, first of all, between the people being terrified and approached and approaching Mount Sinai, but there is going to be later, when we read in verse 22, Mount Zion, a different comparison. When I think of uh, my kitties, uh, and, I, and they've heard me get upset. Uh, on the phone and talking to somebody, and you'll know when they're upset because normally uh, Harry, my one of my cats, doesn't really respond too much. Kind of lays still, but when he hears my voice get upset, he starts doing what it was called the low run. It's it's like literally running close to the ground, uh, almost crawling, uh, to move to another room uh, because uh, he hears his uh, the dad in the family. The the. <laughs> Getting upset about something—it's something. It would be something totally unrelated to the cat, right? But they're hearing something, and I can imagine if that being that fearful. I think that's what it is. And uh, of course, the cat comes back around. He's not f- afraid of me or anything like that. But but those moments when he hears my voice is raised, he says, "Oh, this is a moment to get out of the room and go someplace else because uh, Dad needs to handle his business. And I'm going to handle mine over here." Uh, <laughs> so that's the, that's the essence of that. Now, how am I comparing this to what the people were encountering when they were looking at Mount Sinai? I'm sure they were terrified. I'm sure that it was an incredible sight to behold. I'm sure that um, the voice of God for those who were not doing what they were supposed to do was probably very, very tough to listen to and very hard to hear to the degree that they just wanted God to stop speaking. Well, that wasn't going to happen either. Um, So let's continue and now do the comparative here to what the people uh, should experience. Um, And by the way, God is not threatening. Uh, He invites you to come and have fellowship with him, but he has standards that must be followed. And if you don't follow the standards, then you can't expect him to be all happy with you about the way you've been living. Let's, Let's go there, right? Verse 22 of Hebrews 12. No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. Um, I compare that even to the heavenly hosts in, in the book of Luke, chapter 2, when um, they were praising God and singing songs um, about the coming of Jesus Christ. We talk about that during Christmas. I, I compare countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. That's the first thing that comes to mind when I read that. Verse 23, you have come to the safe to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. Now keep in mind, you've come to these uh, conclusions because the comparison, Mount Sinai versus Mount Zion, is a very big change. Jesus makes the difference here. And before Jesus came, you know, perhaps God did seem distant and threatening to those who... didn't know what to make of him but Jesus comes to full face they came to full face with these people and these Jewish Christians had experience with who Jesus was from the stories and the people that things that were being said about him how he was a loving person He was, but he still had standards he still had things that had to be done and we recognize that because we have Jesus Christ in our lives the Holy Spirit that dwells within us gives us guidance as to how to live And the people before didn't have that. So that is an advantage for us as we look to the Lord here. Um, Back to verse 24. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Now, that's something that's very interesting here. The, The blood of Jesus is the one that takes care of our sin. The blood of Abel was speaking out um, to God because he was killed uh, by Cain. And that's a different approach altogether, but the, the writer of Hebrews is giving this comparison for the readers of, of the, the Hebrew Christians who are reading this to understand the difference between the types of blood. Jesus' blood was a sacrifice for all, past, present, and future when it came to sin. And that's where we have to focus on. That's what we need to remember. Jesus is the one who is the image of the Father. He is who we should be paying attention to. He is the one that mediates for us because of our sin. And that is where the focus needs to be. Not just on God himself as far as the one who God the Father that Jesus spoke to and Jesus communicated with, but our focus is on Jesus Christ for what? Our salvation? our way of life, our greater understanding of what God teaches us. Jesus Christ is the focus here. And let's get to verse 25 in Hebrews chapter 12. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Now, this is all referring now back to God himself, the, the, the words of God, God's word when we're reading the Bible when we're hearing the Spirit speak to us, don't refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. You may recall that Moses made a call for those people who wanted to follow the Lord, and those people came to him, and the others who did not want to listen to God or did not want to uh, follow him were punished. They were punished, and it was done in such a way where it was very definitive. It was very clear to others um, that they were indeed being punished by God. And sometimes God does that to show us he's not kidding around. He's not messing around. He wants people to understand that he does have a standard when it comes to the way we should be living. And for those people who are clever and cute and think that they can live in any manner the way they, the way they want to before the Lord, the Lord is going to take care of that individual and say I'm not messing around with you uh, I'm going to give you you know chance after chance to get it fixed and after a while those chances will run out I hate to sound that way and I hate to say things in that manner but I think a lot of us need to understand that this is a very serious thing that we're doing here we, we, we go to church for more than just the fellowship, we go to church for more than just um, saying that we're following the Lord and, and we want to follow the Lord and be in fellowship with other people but we want to take our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ very seriously and very earnestly when we talk about following the Lord. we Are we following the Lord in words or in deeds? Um, and that's where we have to keep this in mind. We do not want to, listen, to fail to listen to the voice who speaks to us from heaven. That's what it says in verse 25. He speaks to us all the time. Now... Let's continue because we're on the home stretch here, and I, I want to make sure that we also cover. When we talk about God, we're talking about His Majesty too. We're talking about um, how, why He needs to be taken seriously. You know, these things that He shows us, He shows us these things because He wants us to know that He indeed is in control. We look at all the things that happen in the world today, and we we also know that things happen miraculously because God is in the midst of it. Verse, 20, uh, verse 26. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. Now listen very carefully here. Verse 27. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Now what does that mean? Um, it means that there is going to come a place and a time where this world that we're in will not be the same world it won't it'll be shaken and it'll be removed it will be taken away we're we are moving to a place where we're going to recognize that this world is temporary it's temporary from the standpoint of our lives you know once we leave here we are no longer in this world but there's going to come a place and we look about look at the the evidence of that in revelation where you know we talk about how heaven and earth are going to pass away but not the kingdom of God, not the heaven where God resides. Um, It's going to be a totally different place. It's going to be a new place. And that's what it leads to here in verse 28 of Hebrews 12. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Holy fear and awe. Not fear to the point where you're running around or low running like my cat going to the room. That's not the kind of fear we're talking about. We're talking about the reverence, the reverence for God, being in awe of who he is, being in awe of his majesty. That's what we're talking about here. Um, We need to understand what fear really is. You know, fear, um, frankly, is something that we should be, we should have certain fear because fear puts our guard up, but we're now talking about reverence. We're talking about living in such a way where we're honoring the Lord. Because if we're living in fear, the other kind of fear, like low running like my cat, That means you're running away from the Lord. You're not really doing what you should be doing. That's the kind of fear that you should not be living. Be in awe of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Live with reverence for who he is. And the world is going to crumble. Only God's kingdom is going to last. That's where you want to be. Amen? You want to be with God's kingdom. That's what you look forward to. Those who follow Christ are going to be part of this unshakable kingdom. That's the whole thing about looking at Mount Zion, not... Mount Sinai. Mount Zion is the representation of the kingdom of God. That's where we want to be. And you have to understand that there's going to be shaking, sifting, burning. Um, And when we feel unsure about the future, we should take confidence that because we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be with him. We don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to be concerned about anything. We don't... we will be there with him in different bodies. We'll be there with him in a place where we truly are looking to him um, and giving him praise and worshiping him even there in this unshakable kingdom. Um, and we need to have make sure that you're building a solid foundation when it comes to your life. Take a look real quick at Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 7, excuse me. Matthew 7. I'm going to read through these very quickly. Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. We don't live in fear and run away from God. We live in such a manner where we give him reverence, respect, honor. All of those words are synonyms. uh, When we recognize the goodness of his word, how he's treated us, how he has loved us, how he cares for us. And rather than dwelling on the negatives which, you know, really shouldn't be dwelling on. You should be dwelling on the positives in your relationship with the Lord. Look at verse 24 of Matthew 7. Everyone then who hears the words of mine, hears these words of mine and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Then verse 25, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And that's the whole point. When we go through troubles in life, Having Jesus as our firm foundation, that house is going to stand. Nothing is going to happen to it. It's going to be well protected. I told my wife about a couple of dreams I had a while back, and I haven't forgotten them. It was one of those dreams that was just uh, uh, living, growing up in my childhood house. And in the backyard, there was this rushing water that was coming through in the backyard. And it was literally up to the window sills of the house. And for, for whatever reason, I was not fearful of that. I did not respond in any way fearful to that particular uh, vision. It was an awesome thing to, to to see. There was no water coming in the house. There was nothing happening to me personally. I was sheltered and protected. And the first thing I can think about when I, when I look at something like this, I think of in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 about the waters will not harm you. And there's another passage about the fire not burning you, not consuming you because God is your protection. And that was a reminder of that. And I have not forgotten that. And I still will remember that. Let me read again in Matthew 7. Let's finish what I, I said I was going to give to you. Verse 26. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And and that's what we need to recognize here. We need to take the Lord seriously. We need to listen to his words. We need to listen to his encouragement. We need to listen to his uh, direction, where he tells us to go. If we fail to listen to him, that's on us because he's telling us where to go and we're not listening. And let's read this last verse, verse 29, for our God is is a devouring fire. That's in Hebrews 12:29. Notice how I said a devouring fire. He can be a devouring fire. He, His word lights a flame within us. His word helps us to be motivated to go and follow Him and seek after Him. He indeed is the reason why people sit up and listen when they and pay attention when they hear God's word. He's the one who brings people to Him through the power of the Holy Spirit is an awesome fire. He's a devouring fire. He is the one who gives us direction on how we can live before him and be thankful that he is in our lives. God answers our prayers, doesn't he? He answers our prayers. Um, Isaiah, I'm going to just go to Isaiah 65:24 real quick. I'm still moving along here. We're doing great. Isaiah 65:24 listen to this about what it says here about prayer. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. God hears your prayers. He hears them the moment it's in your heart and the words start to either come out or they're in your head and you're thinking them. He hears what you're saying. He responds and hears your prayers and makes takes note of them. Um... We sometimes look for immediate answers to prayer, but that's not realistic. We need to understand that they are answered according to his timing. But he's he's saying, I will answer them before they even call to me. I mean, wow. I mean, what kind of a God do we serve? An amazing God. And that's what we have to understand here. He knows your heart. That's the whole point of all of this, too. As you're thinking about it, he already knows where your heart is. He already knows where your focus is. So please keep that in mind as well, too. And... There's other things in the commentary here about him supplying our needs we We know all that we we know that he has given us um, a bounty honestly of things that have taken allowed us to take care of ourselves to take care of our families. He indeed uh, honors us and cares for us and it's not something to to make light of, but it's just something to take uh, take into account. God cannot be contained this whole passage about being a rate a devouring fire. He can't be contained, but still he is a God of compassion. He saved us from our sin through Jesus Christ. He's saving us from death. And everything that is worthless, everything that is contrary to to his goodness, everything that's related to sin is going to be devoured by fire. It's going to be uh, extinguished. Those are the things that are indeed not going to be permanent. So we we implore you to not uh, be the one who doesn't want to listen to God or doesn't take God very seriously. We want you to pay attention to the importance of recognizing his goodness. He is compassionate. He is loving. He is caring. We sometimes focus on the things that he is uh, doing, but he's actually just being a just and righteous God. When we talk about um, being obedient to him, focusing on his word. And, you know, let's not be people who just want to hear only the good things about God let's let's not be the people, the ones who say well god's going to punish us no he's not going to punish everybody he's going to punish those who don't take him seriously, who don't regard him, who don't pay attention to him we don't we are beyond condemnation now because of the blood of Jesus Christ if we believe, trust and believe in him. we are not going to be condemned that's the whole point let's not make things up when it comes to um how we listen to God or pay attention to God. Let's not treat God as this God who is distant and cold. He is not a distant and cold God. He's a loving and caring God. I pray that you take this message in Hebrews to the degree that you understand that we serve a God who is faithful. We serve a God who is righteous and as we obey him, just as he credited to Abraham righteousness, as we believe in God, uh, he will indeed honor that. He will uh, honor and uh, affirm that behavior before him. So let's take it, take him seriously. Let's have the reverence we should. We shouldn't be living in fear and running from him, but any, if anything, we should be running directly to him. We should be embracing this loving God for who he is. We have a, yeah, that's right. My lovely bride says have a healthy respect for God because that's what we should be doing. He's not your buddy. He's not your Ace Coon friend, okay, that's that's a that's a very flawed view of God and um, be careful about uh, people who make statements like this because their theology they're trivializing God. yeah they're trivializing God exactly right you don't trivialize God God deserves honor and respect um, you know just like when you're a child and you're looking to your parents you should honor and respect your parents why do you think God says in His word to uh, respect your parents, respect your elders, respect the people in your life. It's the same type of relationship that we should have with God and our, ourselves as we look to him. Um, Jesus is the head of the church. We should honor and respect Jesus for who he is and what he has done for us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to seek after you, seek your word, look to you for encouragement, look to you for direction and lord help us to see your word for really what it is these are words that indeed do help us and guide us to live a life that honors you and glorifies you lord we don't want to trivialize you or not take you seriously we want to pay attention we want to pay attention to you and when you give us admonishment to help us to live in such a manner that honors you we want to hear you speak to us in these areas Lord, help us to continue to study your word daily. Hide the word in our hearts that we don't sin against you, that we may not sin against you. We know we're going to mess up. We're going to sin. But Lord, forgive us as we recognize it and take that matter to you. And we thank you, Lord, for forgiving us at an instant when we do that. Only a God like you can do those very things. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Help us to live in such a manner where we honor you. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for being with us for Livestream Sunday School. Thanks for being here again today. We are going to continue in Hebrews. Um, stay tuned online for today's message. Immediately following A New Beginning After Change, for those of you who are going to be in Akron and going to church, I'll be presenting that message in church as well, too. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We really appreciate you joining us every Sunday morning. And we will see you next time.